Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Take your seat, wrap up your conversation. It's time for us to listen to the Lord through His Word this morning. Who's excited to hear from the Lord this morning? The Word of God is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. And He knows each of us individually, intimately, and He will speak to us this morning through His Word. Whatever you personally need to hear today, I believe the Lord is going to speak to you for what you need to hear from him. Sound good? So let's pray and ask him to do that, hey? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we are expecting to hear from you. Lord, give us soft hearts, open minds to hear what it is that you want to say to each of us as individuals. And may we walk out of here knowing you better, Lord closer to you. Have your way. We give you this time. It's yours. Do whatever you want to do. Father, say what you want to say. Anoint the words that come out of my mouth and may they fulfill your purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm Sarah. If you haven't met me before, I've been at LifeGate for around about 18 months with my husband and my four gorgeous children. And everyone who's been at LifeGate this year would know that our theme for the year is faithful. So I felt this morning to bring a sermon called Our Faithful God, because the one that we have faith in is faithful. Amen? So I've got three scriptures to read to you that define God's faithfulness, but there were so many in the Bible, I had to stop at three. (laughs) So just to open us up, let's just read three scriptures about the faithfulness of God. Okay, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. He keeps covenant. He keeps his promises. Okay, Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. One more. Revelation 19.11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. And that's about Jesus. He's called faithful. It's an attribute of his character. It's who he is. He is a faithful God. When I say God is faithful, what words or phrases spring to your mind? And you can shout them out. Love. Love. Faithful love. Unfailing, never-ending love. What else springs to mind when you hear faithful God? What does that mean? trustworthy. Hallelujah. Because he does what he says he's going to do. He's a promise keeper. He's unchanging, unwavering, steadfast. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And we read over and over again in the scripture that when God says he's going to do something, it jolly well happens. Even if it's impossible, it happens. And he's the same God today. If he says he's going to do something, he will do it because he is faithful and he's a promise keeper and he's good. And I've lived enough life now to know that we can go through seasons where your faith can be challenged, tested, and you can feel faithless, not faithful. And this scripture on the screen is a very encouraging scripture. If that's a season that you are in and you don't feel full of faith and you're struggling with doubt, listen to this. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot be anything but faithful. And he will forever pursue you. Even if you are in a season where you're not even sure if you believe in him, he will forever believe in you. He will forever pursue you because he is faithful. He cannot deny who he is. Isn't he good? So I want to share with you a story from my own life where the Lord showed me his faithfulness. Now, at LifeGate, we often hear stories in the sermon, and they're often funny, and I love that. This one's not. I'm just giving you, preempting you, it's not a funny story. <laughs> so don't, you're not going to laugh, sorry. Maybe we'll laugh later in the sermon, but this story is not funny, because it's about the hardest time I've been through in my life so far. So before I explain the season I went through, I want to explain what my life was like before that season started. So before 2013, I have to admit, my life had been really easy. I'd grown up in a wonderful Christian family, and my family are here today sitting in the center. Woo! Hi, family. Grew up in a loving Christian family home. Didn't carry trauma from my childhood into my adulthood, and I know how rare that is. It's pretty rare. So that's a real blessing, right? And anything I put my hand to in life, I just didn't really have any problems. Like I just was successful whatever I put my hand to. A husband that loves me and adores me. At the time, I had two beautiful, healthy, thriving young boys. I was thriving in my career. We owned a beautiful home that we had renovated. And for other women in this room, I had made that place mine. I had put the right colors on the wall, got the right furniture, I done up the garden. It was my home, and I had made it mine. And I was serving at church, wonderful relationship with the Lord. I felt like I had it together. And then I fell pregnant with our third child. And I've got to be honest, my heart's desire was to have a baby girl. And I went to the 19-week scan, and it was a boy, which is okay. But then I found out this boy had some things wrong with him. Fast forward to the point that he's born, and the day after his birth, we got the diagnosis that he has APERT syndrome, a very rare syndrome. Now, we named him Nathaniel because it means gift from God, and that is exactly how we view our son. But those first two years of his life were horrible years. It was a very difficult season. He went through multiple surgeries, and we spent more time in hospital than we did at home. Every time he would catch a cold, he'd need to go to hospital to help him breathe. And sometimes those hospital stays with just a little bit of nasal prong oxygen to keep his oxygen saturations up, and he wasn't seriously sick. 
but sometimes he was very sick, in intensive care, intubated. We would be told, we do not know if your son is going to live or die. Now, I'm going to show you a photo of what that looked like. So it speaks more than what I can say with my words. This photo is a little bit confronting, but I want you to know that he's totally okay now, okay? So this is what it looked like when he was very sick. He was 18 months old at this point, and he would be like this for weeks, and we would not know if he would live or die. If you're a parent, you know. If your child is suffering, something breaks inside of you. And I just wished I could take over and live that for him because it was so painful to watch my child suffer over and over and over again. In those two years, that wasn't all that happened. We had a financial crisis. We lost all our money. We lost our home. We had a difficult season in our marriage. And everyone who's married knows when marriage is hard, everything is hard. I couldn't go back to do the job I had been doing. Life felt crazy. And then we put all of our sentimental belongings, all the things I had collected since I was a child, under my parents' home to store it, and it all got damaged by damp and moisture, all those irreplaceable things. And I felt like I had this great stripping back of my life. But there was one thing that was not taken from me in that season. The Lord had given me a promise right at the beginning of that difficult season. I had someone come up to me and give me a scripture. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. Thank you. And then a few days later, I had someone else come and give me exactly the same scripture. I'm like, oh, a bit of a coincidence. And then I had a third person come and give me exactly the same scripture. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm listening. And this is the simple scripture that it was. Joel 2.25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And I am living proof that our God is faithful because those words he gave me, that promise is exactly what he has done. Hallelujah. So we had a fourth baby and it was a girl. She's my most difficult child, but I'm still grateful. (laughs) The Lord has given me a house again. And it's bigger and better than the house I had before with a bigger garden. And I've done it up and I've, you know, planted all the things I'd planted in the first house. I've planted it again and it's bigger and better. Our marriage has been restored and the Lord has been faithful. Our house is a happy home. It's a happy home. And I've got a great job now, a flourishing career. And I can tell you, what was stolen from me, the Lord truly has restored. And most importantly, is that boy Nathaniel. He just turned 10. He still has Apert syndrome, and I think he will until he gets to heaven. But that kid has got a supernatural joy about him that doesn't make sense. He walks into a room and he lights the place up. He is such a happy kid. God has given him a supernatural gift of joy, and it is wonderful to be his mother. We just had his birthday a couple of weeks ago, and when he opens up a gift that's something he really wants, the exuberant expression of joy is unlike anything I've ever seen anybody else do, (laughs) because that's who he is. It's beautiful. The Lord has restored to him what's been stolen from him too. God is good. If he says he's going to do something, 
He will do it. And he's not a respecter of persons. So if he can do that for me, he can do that for you too. He is good. Okay, so what I thought we'd do now is we'll look at the Lord's Prayer, how Jesus taught us to pray, knowing that on the other side of that prayer is a God who is faithful to all those things we've been told to to pray. That's what we're going to look at now. So here's the Lord's Prayer. I thought we should read it together. So if you don't know it, it's on the screen, but most of us will know it, so let's read it. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, so let's start here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I once heard a comedy duo who were arguing about the name of God. And one of them said, it's Harold. Our Father who art in heaven, Harold be thy name. It's not Harold. Later on you see him being chased around yelling out, help me Harold, help me Harold. Okay. Hallowed. Hallowed be his name. Hallowed means to make holy, to revere as holy. Our God is a holy God. He is God Almighty. And the first way that he is faithful is that he is faithful to who he is as a holy God. And that is why Jesus had to come and he had to pay the price for our sins so that we could be cleansed from our sins and we too could be made holy to have relationship with a holy God. He is holy. And he is also faithful to making you holy like him. There are two truths happening at the same time. One is that we have been put into Christ. We are in Christ. We have the righteousness of Christ. And we are holy because we have this position that is a complete gift. We did nothing to earn it except believe. That's all we did. And we get this gift of being seen as holy by, the, by our God because we're in Christ. Amen. What a miracle that that is truth. But there's other reality happening at the same time. We live in a fallen world. We're in this body with this brain, and we sin, and we're not holy. But you know what our God wants to do? He wants to move us towards our true self as holy. So we have a positional holiness, And we are also pursuing holiness. And the way he does that in our lives is he disciplines us. Because we're his kids, right? He disciplines us. So here's a scripture. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I open the Bible to read it, I get rebuked. (laughs) It doesn't feel very nice. I go, oh, thanks, Father. (laughs) He does it in a loving way, but he does it because he loves me. It says, then, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. 
Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I want to encourage you today, if you are being disciplined by our Father in heaven in some area of your life, it's for your good. It's because he wants to move you towards your true self as holy. And I know our Father, he is gentle and kind. He is not condemning. So if you feel condemned, that is not him. But he does convict us because he knows sin is going to ruin your life. It will lead you down a path that ruins your relationships. It ruins actually everything, your mental health, your physical health. Sin will destroy you. So he loves you. He wants to move you towards your true self as holy because this is the good life. Walking the way the Lord has taught us to walk, this is the good, the good life. Amen? So don't lose heart if you're being disciplined by the Lord. It's because he loves you and it's for your good. But he is faithful to making us holy like himself. Okay, and then we read in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He is faithful to his will being done in your life. You don't have to stress out about, oh my gosh, what's God's will for me? He is at work in your life. He is faithful. He wants the purpose that he created you for to be where your life goes and what you do. That's, that's what he wants, and he is at work in your life. He's actually intimately involved in your life, intimately, because he wants to see his plans and purposes outworked in your life, and he is faithful to keep doing that. I've got two scriptures to share with you on that. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He's got a good purpose for your life and he's at work. And sometimes we just have to trust him. Sometimes things don't make sense. We just have to trust him that his ways are higher, his plans are good. We can trust him. He is at work. Amen? Okay. Give us this day our daily bread. We can pray that because on the other end of that prayer is a God who is faithful to provide for us, who knows what we need even before we ask. So come to him with confidence. Don't freak out about the things that you need. Come to him with confidence and he is faithful to provide for us whatever your needs are. He is faithful. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He is faithful to forgive your sins. Amen. I'm going to read you a really encouraging scripture. I love this scripture. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whatever your sins are, you confess them to him and he is faithful and just to cleanse you, to forgive you, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And he does what he says he's going to do. So he will do that. You just go to him. Search my heart, O oh Lord. Is there anything I need to confess? Let the Holy Spirit tell you, confess it, and then this is truth. He is faithful. He will cleanse you, wash you clean. It is gone. 
as far as the east is from the west, it's gone. He is faithful to forgive our sins, and I am so happy that he is. Anybody else happy that that's true? He is happy. I'm so thrilled that is the truth. Okay. And do not lead us into temptation. So he is faithful to not allow temptation above what you can endure. So wherever temptations come at you, first of all, it's common to all of us. We all get tempted. Jesus was tempted, never sinned. We get tempted and sometimes sin. But he will not allow the temptation beyond what you can endure. Here's a scripture for you from 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. We all are tempted. It's common. It's ordinary to be tempted. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. While we are in this world, we will be tempted. There is an enemy to our soul who wants to pull us away from the things of God. And he will tempt us with sin because he knows the destruction that sin brings. And he will tempt you. But the Lord is faithful and he won't allow that temptation beyond what you can endure. And he will provide you a way of escape. For he is faithful and his goal for you is that you will be successful in this life. That's what he wants. He wants you to have a victorious life. And so he won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can endure. Okay, but deliver us from the evil one. We're not going to give the evil one too much airtime. We don't like talking about him. But his mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy us. And we don't like talking about him, but he's real. He's in this world, and he hates us. Greater is he that is in us than this thing, but he still is there. But the Lord is faithful. He is faithful to guard you, to deliver us from the evil one. So here's a scripture. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Whatever plans or schemes the enemy has put together to try and destroy any of us, The Lord is guarding us. He will fight for us. We are not alone. In fact, at the name of Jesus, the enemy will flee. He is petrified. And then the Lord will use whatever the scheme was that the enemy tried to put together to actually move his kingdom forward because that's what the Lord does. I love the um, imagery in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And... It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your staff and your rod, they comfort me. So our shepherd has a staff. A staff is like the thing that's got like a hook at the end. And when a sheep would get itself into trouble, like, I don't know, stuck in a bush or, I don't know, stuck between some rocks or something, he would get the hook and he would pull the sheep out of that trouble. So our shepherd will pull us out of trouble. Hallelujah. And then he's got a rod. And that rod he would use to beat off any wild beast that would come to try and destroy the sheep. That is your shepherd. He will beat off anything that's coming to try and destroy you. He will guard you. He will fight for you. Especially when you're in the valley, his rod and his staff 
are a great comfort. Just look at who's with you. You are not alone, and he will beat off anything that comes at you because he is our victorious God, and he is the one we walk in. He's our good shepherd. Amen. Okay. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So our Lord Jesus, our faithful God, he said he would come back. And he does what he says he's going to do. Jesus is going to come back. He is going to restore everything to how it was always meant to be. That is truth. Jesus is coming for his bride, for the church. And the other truth that we have to hold on to and look forward to is heaven. If you truly believe in the Lord and he is your Lord and Savior, then the fact is, the truth is, your faithful God is preparing a place for you in heaven. And I want to read you some scriptures about heaven as we finish up today to encourage you. Listen to this. Revelation 21, 3 to 5. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. This is what our faithful God says to us. That's where we're going. There's going to be no pain. There's going to be no sorrow. There's going to be no crying. They're going to wipe every tear away from our eyes and there will be no death. Hallelujah. And the one who said that is faithful. It's truth. And I am so happy that it is. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And we're just going to do a little recap and then we're going to worship the Lord. So when you go and you spend time with our Father and you pray, I want you to remember that he is faithful. He is firstly faithful to who he is. He is a holy God, God Almighty. And he is faithful to making you holy like him. So don't be concerned if you're being disciplined by the Lord. He disciplines those he loves and he does it for our good. He is faithful to his will being done in your life, his good purpose, what he created you for. He is faithful to seeing that outworked in your life, even if right now it doesn't look like his good purpose is happening in your life. He is faithful to seeing his will done in your life. He is faithful to provide for you. Our faithful God, he is faithful to forgive your sins, no matter what they are. He will move them from you as far as the east is from the west. He is faithful to not allow temptation above what you can endure. And he is faithful to deliver us from the evil one. We do not need to be afraid. Amen. Our God is faithful. And he is going to return. And he is going to take us to heaven. Our faithful God. Why don't we spend a bit of time worshipping him. Our good and faithful God. Please stand and we're going to worship.
Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.